Welcome to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. A dream mason is a person who's brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. I know we all have a dream mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason, because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up, and welcome back to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I am a Dream Mason, a performance and mindfulness coach. I work with leaders, creators, and innovators, those brave enough to build their dreams. If you're a high performer looking for an edge with a desire to expand your leadership, generate more money, more time, and feel more fulfilled, working with me will support you in making that life a reality. Now, if you haven't already, please support me and this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. Follow me, Inspirational Alex, on Instagram, and please share this podcast with a friend. All right. Welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am here today with the Queen of Charlotte, one of the most sought-after coaches in the Southeast, Someone who describes herself as being crazy for coaching <laughs> and uh, also had the, um, I want to say the, the luxury but, uh, or the opportunity, but it was hardly, it was earned, and we'll talk about that, of actually training coaches at the UN. Uh, Sarah Olin is the guest today, and she is the how do you want me to say it are you the creator the owner the um the brand master of luscious mother that's right d all of the above <laughs> nice With hey, Sarah, how are you i'm so good how are you doing i'm good i'm so glad you're here i wish people could you know you're, they're gonna get to see it in this conversation but i wish people could like be with your energy and know what they're about to get <laughs> well that might know. scare them away alex really it might. They have no idea what's about to hit them. Um, before we go into you and all that you're doing and all that you're creating and like what you stand for and your journey, uh, we just talk about Luscious Mother for a minute and like what it is that you're building and creating in, in your company. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Luscious Mother is a coaching and leadership company that's dedicated to supporting working moms. So essentially, when I started this work of coaching and leadership training, my daughter was a little baby. And, you know, I realized really quickly, I had, you know, as a coach, oftentimes, I think you find you work with people that are somewhat like you. Those are your peeps, like they're up to cool stuff. And they're, you know, so I was naturally attracting all these awesome moms who, you know, wanted an amazing relationship with their partner, wanted to be great mothers and wanted a badass career, but they never felt like they could really get it all. Like it's just like one thing always had to be out, blah, blah, blah. That sad story. There's no sex. I'm like, Oh my God, you're killing me over here. I can't handle it. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I thought about all the things that I wanted in my business right when I was starting out 
And my coach at the time said, okay, well, what would it take to create all of that? Like, who would you need to be in the world? And I said, luscious mother. And that was it. It was just born out of my mouth and (laughs) has been a really extraordinary experience since then for many, many women. That's awesome. I was born out of my mouth. That's great because that's how Dream Mason was born also. Yeah. It was like I just was trying to find something that felt uniquely me. Yeah. That, that wasn't just like, you know, your luscious mother, Dream Mason, is more than just like, hey, I'm a coach. There's something right. that actually you've made it your own. Yeah. So go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no. I was just going to say, and it's interesting too, because it's a really, um, it's a really polarizing name. Because a lot of women don't feel luscious in their motherhood. Or they don't relate to themselves. Yeah. It's also not a term that we hear very often. You don't hear people walking around going like something is luscious. Yeah. Well, it's because they don't hang out with me. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. You know, dance on the top of tables, you know, like in celebration. Um, It's just like such a visceral word that we don't use. Like, I don't know the last time I've heard someone use the word luscious outside of a conversation with you. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess not. And it's, um, I actually love that it's so polarizing and people get, they don't relate to it because it's just, number one, it's just an opportunity. And number two, everybody's interpretation of the word is different, right? To me, being luscious is the only thing that it means to me is being fully expressed and having a great life. And it's not necessarily like, oh, this sexy thing, or although yes, or oh, this super successful thing, although yes. It's really about what it is for that woman. That's super exciting to them, whether it's a horse farm or being a librarian or you know, playing truck driver and abandoned motorist with their husband. I'm about it. (laughs) I'm about all that. So, I mean, whatever it is for you, it's so personal. That's awesome. So we were just talking like before we started recording, I think it was, it was great because I think it really describes what you support women to create. Um, and this is going to, you're going to get a plug for your retreat, which is perfect. But I think you really said something that was really important is you were talking about, you know, we were talking about your retreat and the difference between people that will do anything to create the lives they want and people that wish they had lives, but aren't actually willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. We talk about that. For sure. Uh, I think, you know, it's interesting because I think it starts way back that that way of seeing the world and, you know, and how we're brought up because my dad was a, is a truck driver. I mean, he's still a truck driver. So he has been a hustler all his life doing weird stuff, driving trucks, driving Harleys, you know, late women, you name it, all that whole scene, (laughs) you know, but what I really got from him was the value of hard work, the value of going for it. Like you've just got to do the thing, you know? Um, and I remember a really wealthy friend of mine said to me once, she's like, 
Yeah, Sarah, you just don't think you have a choice about being successful. <laughs> That's why you're just, you just go. So, you know, but one of the things that I've been noticing with the retreat that I was sharing with you earlier, and one of the gifts I would love, you know, I have a handful of gifts that I'd love to give to every woman in the world. And one of them is, if you want something, you've got to be willing to get uncomfortable to get it. And what I was sharing with Alex before you all got here was, you know, I'm doing this retreat in January here in Charlotte. It's going to be amazing. And it's almost $1,000, which to be truthful is practically free for what people will get. And for some people, that's a lot of money. So I'll have these women emailing me saying, oh, I'm so sad. I wish I could go. It's too much money. And I just shake my head and think, wow, that's so sad. That just breaks my heart. And then I had another woman email me and say, I'm a single mom. I love your work. I love what you're doing. I can't afford to come and I'll do anything to be there. I'll carry your coffee. I'll scrub the toilets. I'll drive you around, whatever you want. And we had this conversation. She was so amazing. She wants to be a coach. She wants to, you know, she's naturally like this in the world, you know, just giving of herself in her whole vision as she wants to help women, moms who can't afford various services. I'm like, yes, you, you are the type of woman that needs to be here, right? And Luscious Mother is really about empowering women, supporting women, and it's so, it's such a turn on when women are like, yeah, I'm coming. I'm in. Tell me how to figure it out. I'll do anything. I'm like, yes. 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 That's the thing. <laughs> That's what I we love, need. Yeah, I love that. Because it's, right, like the people that are emailing you saying, I can't, this is so sad. The thing is all, it's just a perspective, like shift of a dial, right? That's the same. They're in the exact same spot. But what I hear is like, one is saying, I want to, and I don't know how, but like the door's open. Tell me what I need to like come running through the door. The other ones are like, I want to, and I can't, and the door's closed. And I actually am like, not willing to put that down to see how we can open it together. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a closed door that's not openable versus, oh yeah, there's a door, but it can be opened. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's, you know, and I think it's part of the programming with some women, not all women, but the nice and the good girl and, you know, men have it too with a good boy and all that. So but it's just like, come on. And that's one of the things that coaching has taught me is that I literally can't say the words out loud anymore. I can't have that or I can't afford it or, and I know that if there's, if there's anything that I want bad enough, I could figure out a way. I mean, I know that I could. So, and I'm no magical unicorn, but I'm, I am, I am another kind of animal. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not a unicorn yet. You're all, you're on your way. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's like, I won't stop. I'll figure it out. You know, 
Well, it's, it's funny for me, I had this conversation recently, just like with myself when I was looking at some things that I'm like up to and want to do. And I asked myself that same question, like for the most part, when I want something, I get it. And I don't even know how I get it sometimes, but I figure out a way and I usually get all the things I really want. And I work for them and I create them. But as I was looking at this one area, I went, maybe I, you just actually don't want it. And like, you think you're supposed to want it or you think you should. And I had to get really clear on, is it something I really want? Because if it is, then it's going to require to your point, getting uncomfortable and doing some things I might not want to do. Or I can go, wait, I actually don't want it. And that's okay too. But what was it, you know, and, and, but get clear because I think sometimes we do that where we're like playing a game. We like yeah. set ourselves up to like go for something we don't really want, something that we think we're supposed to want or we should want or our parents want for us or society wants for us. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've just, for me, that was just a conversation like really like, yeah, when I want something, I can get it. And I'm not special. You and I aren't, you know, there's nothing I mean, we've had some training. Maybe some other people don't have. I have a beautiful haircut that people can't see. But oh, outside of these things, beautiful, honey, that's gorgeous. <laughs> outside, of, outside of these things, we're just like everyone else. Um, yeah. You, um, what is it? You know, you talked about your dad, but prior to coaching, what's the thing that the things that like you had to overcome? Is there one thing? Are there multiple things that you had to really overcome to get on the other side of, to really see how powerful and capable you are? Oh yeah. There's, there's a handful of different experiences I think that I've had over the years that have really informed my life and shifted how I see the world in one being, um, I was in my mid twenties and I was living in Rhode Island and I was about to move to New York. It was my dream to move to New York city and be an actress and all of this. Um, I was really, really into yoga at that time. Um, and I was in love with this guy and uh, we were going to move to New York together. That was the big dream. And a week before we were, set to move. We had an apartment, had a going away, like the whole shebang. I got this note on my car from this older woman. She was like in her fifties or something that he had been sleeping with me. (laughs) God. And I was, I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, what in the actual fuck is happening (laughs) right now? I just, I was it blew my hair back. You know, it was like my whole life was a pane of glass and someone threw a boulder through it. And I was like, I don't know anything because I trusted him a hundred percent. And what's hilarious about it is that, um, I'm not in touch with him or anything, but I, I think about him in a warm way because we really did care about each other. And I mean, I think he made some unfortunate choices for him. Um, didn't turn out well for him in the end, you know. <laughs> um, but it was such a gift because in, in life and the universe is so perfect because up until that point, 
I mean, I was just young, bartending after college, you know, having a good time. I couldn't rub two nickels together, but someone had told me once, if you want to move to New York City, you need to save $10,000. And I was like, okay. It went into a particular part of my brain that was like, must make $10,000 to move to New York City. (laughs) And somehow, I mean, not somehow, I worked hard and I saved the money. So there I was like, okay, faced with this choice. I'm like, I'm totally going by myself. And that's it. And I went and I'm like, if I can do that, I can do anything. And I also, I was telling Fink this recently. I, there was a moment, um, I had been there not very long and I got this desk and no one was around. I, wanna, I, wanna, I just, I just want to clarify for people listening. Like Fink is not a magical, like, you know, uh, fairy that sits on your shoulder Fink is a woman <laughs> named Laura Fink who also has a po- who has an amazing podcast herself but is a mutual friend of ours just so, yeah. <laughs> just so we're clear Fink is not yeah. a fairy she's a lady yeah. with two kids in Joyzy so she you know she's a real lady she lives in Joyzy <laughs> anyway but I carried this desk up the stairs by myself five flights in this apartment I mean it was a crappy Ikea shitty desk but still I only weigh 105 pounds <laughs> So it was a big deal. And I was like, I am woman. I can do anything. Um, so it was one of those defining moments. And then lots of experiences in New York and India and my, my meditation and yoga all kind of led to today. Yeah. It's really, it's funny when you, I mean, just that story, like it's funny when you think that's totally a New York experience, right? Like carrying, yeah. being by yourself and having to carry something up that you physically can't carry that you figure out a way. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny you said that. I remember when I moved into, when I moved to New York, um, I'd been there for a few months and but I hadn't really bought anything. And my mom comes and visits me and my mom is not a, is older and not a, not a strong, powerful woman in her physical strength. And uh, we went out and we were buying a bunch of stuff and I bought this kitchen Island that weighed like, 250 pounds or something in all these like pieces of wood. And I lived on a fifth floor walk up and we get back and my mom goes, how are you going to get that upstairs? Like she realized she couldn't help. Yeah. And I went, Oh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to make it work. And she's like, well, can you call someone? I'm like, I don't really know any, I've been in New York for, you know, I could call some people I work with at the time, but like, we're not that close yet. Yeah. 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 And I remember being like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just placing, it was like, it, I did, right? I actually figured out a way to turn it end over end up five flights of stairs to get it to the top. And I, it was like somebody flipping a tire, you know, yeah. like for exercise, but I'm doing it vertically, not straight. And um, I hadn't really thought about it until you just said it, but I went, man, if I could bring that attitude, My that God. mindset of it's possible, but I don't know how mm-hmm. to every single thing I did in life. Yeah. There'd be nothing that I couldn't do. Well, you know, I couldn't like leap to the moon, but I don't want to do that anyway. So who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 You know, unless Elon Musk is going to hold my hand and do it with me, then we can do that. Um, you get on the magical Elon <laughs> trampoline. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's such a great point. Like something as simple as you carrying a desk and it being bigger than you and me carrying a, uh, a kitchen island that's bigger than me and know how many people would have been at the bottom of the stairs and went, it's not happening. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to try. It's too dangerous. And I don't want to ask somebody. And look, there's a million ways, right? You could call right. people, you could hire people. But the fact that we just made the choice of like, no, we're going to do this. Yeah. No matter what. It's pretty, 
it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, it is pretty cool. I also think about like your, it's great. I think that, I wonder if we all as people looked at where we got crushed in relationships. Cause I think that's a pretty common thing, right? Yeah. Not exactly the way it happened to you, but if you've been in relationships and you're in your, let's just say late twenties to thirties plus, you've probably had, you've probably either done something really dumb that you ruined it, or you've probably had somebody really crush you in some way. I've done both. <laughs> right. Me too. Yeah. And I think about how we responded to it, right? You mm-hmm. chose, like, I'm not going to let this thing stop me. Yeah. Because a lot of people wouldn't, you know? And that I'm going to stay here and I'm just going to keep my life going and I'll put the yeah. dream on the back burner. Well, and it's, you know, it's funny too, Alex, because it's partly, <laughs> it's not just all like, woohoo! It was also pride and ego, I'm like, we live in this tiny town when this happened in Rhode Island. And I'm like, I'm not hanging out here to be with the fallout of this and be seeing the same people all the time with the look in the eye of like, I knew or I didn't know or that. I'm like, peace. I'm out of here. Kiss my ass. (laughs) So it's not like necessarily like, oh, from the highest and best that it could be. And, you know, it's just one of those moments in time, I think, when the ego can serve and support in that way. So, and then like now you're married and, you know, nobody's obviously on the inside of your marriage. So no one really knows what it's like, but from the outside, it looks pretty amazing. It looks like you guys, yeah, it looks like you guys have crafted a pretty wonderful, like, like very power couple. I want to call it like a creative power couple. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, But I'm curious how, I don't know the gap in between, obviously, you know, you meeting Matt and and your old relationship, but was there anything that you had to like really work on around trusting men again or trusting yourself to like walk into that next powerful relationship to not let the past kind of spook your future? You know, it's funny. Um, I did a ton of personal work and I think that I don't know that that actually crushed my faith or trust in men. It was, it was much more personal than that. It was a him thing, you know, and my, and my dad had cheated. It was like that kind of thing, but I married my mom. Let's be clear about that. I'm, I married the loyalist, loveliest, sniffle bunny, scrum scrum on the planet. I'm like, oh, I'm not marrying a motherfucker. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm marrying a good bunny. Um, so, you know, but it's been interesting because, you know, I think that when the relationship started, I was definitely more dominant in terms of like power and personality. And he's definitely like, no girl, slow your roll. That was not cool. He actually sent me this hilarious text. The other, I, I got to find it and tell you about it. It was so to, funny. You got to share his text message to you. Um, yeah, it was really funny because I was being a, a B-I-T-C-H about something. Um, oh, I was giving him shit about a gig he booked and he didn't... Um, he didn't negotiate his price first. And then he got, he just got much lower thing than, than I think he should have gotten. So Mm -hmm. he said, 
Before we talk again later, I hope you'll consider that chastising me is not at all supportive, nor in the spirit of our partnership. And <laughs> what did you, I mean, can I, I kind of, can I guess what you said? Yeah. Stop being a little bitch. <laughs> you know what? I was so much more <laughs> passive aggressive. I just didn't say anything. And then two nights later, we were sitting on the couch and we had a little, a little vape, you know, medicinally, of course. And um, he said, hey, you never responded to that text. And I she said, yeah. And I said, yeah, I know. You are 100% right. He almost fell down. <laughs> he was laying down. <laughs> he <almost laughs> fell off the couch. He was like, who are you? What's happened to you? <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, I was right. I was right. You know, and he, he totally was. You know, it, I was being a jerk. It doesn't help anything. You know, and yeah, I think that's another one of the great gifts of coaching is that I can own my stuff. And he'll say that he'll say, you are the most like, I'll come back really fast and apologize and be like, that actually wasn't a quick one. But, you know, it can be within five minutes or 10 minutes where I'm like, whoa, sorry. Let me let me try that again. Yeah, I was just, I mean, we were talking again before we were talking about like my experience of, of in dating now and, and what coaching and I want to call it mindfulness really has done for me in that area where it mm-hmm. causes us to kind of slow down and go, wait a minute. You know, the other day it was like we were in a fight and I went and I kind of had this voice in my head go, wait, this is about something else. We're not really this mad at each other about some stupid stuff that we can't control in the world. And oh I my gosh. And I paused and was like, wait, what are we, is this about the distance? Is this about traveling? Is this about, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it was like, yeah, that's actually what's going on. And we're afraid mm-hmm. and we're taking things that we can throw in between. Cause then we have a good reason to be mad. It's easier to be mad than be actually say, Hey, like I'm actually scared or I'm worried or I miss you or, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be vulnerable. It's much easier to be a jerk. Yeah. In my, in my experience. No, for me too. What would you, so, and you're, and you're a mom too, obviously mm-hmm. luscious mother. It'd be weird if you weren't a mom. Um, Someone asked yeah. me recently, they're like, yeah, luscious mother. Are you a mom? I'm like, yeah. Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. So what is, what from, from your journey and your experiences, like what's the thing that you really try to impart on your daughter? Oh my gosh. Kindness. Kindness. When, when she knows that the most important thing in the world to me is kindness. It's, yeah, it's the most important quality and we'll talk about things, you know, she'll, you know, she's sort of at this age where she's six and a half. So She's, she's getting to understand people's feelings and how, you know, oh God, we were listening to a Taylor Swift song this morning and, and it said something about drugs. And she said, is she talking about dogs or what is she saying? And I'm like, oh, Tay Tay, giving another parenting moment, you know, <laughs> thank you, Tay Tay. Um, No, I said it's, uh, so she's talking about drugs and there's different types of drugs. Uh, Some drugs are legal and they're 
you know, they sell them at CVS, like your Advil or Tylenol. And some drugs are not legal and they aren't good for you. You know, they, you know, they can make you feel like a little drunk or something, but usually they make you feel really, really bad after. Um, so it's just, you know, I try to be honest with her. Like I remember a couple of years ago when she was in the, like, how do people, where do babies come from? How do people make a baby? How did I get here? You know, and Matt's like, well, when two people love each other, you know, and Mirabelle's like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I'm like, well, daddy put his penis in mommy's vagina. And that's where you came from. She's like, okay, okay. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like, that's actually how it went down. And it was just, she was like, okay. Yes. No, I said a man will put his penis. I didn't say mommy and daddy, but I said a man will put his penis in a woman's vagina and that's how they make the baby. She was like, oh, I said, yeah. And then you come out either the vagina or the belly. Mirabelle was a cesarean birth and, you know, you came out the belly. She's like, does it hurt? I'm like, yeah, it does. But it hurts the other way too, from what I've been told. <laughs> There's no good way is what I'm saying. <laughs> that's awesome. And then what about in, what's the thing I, th I think you said, I mean, it almost sounded like before you said apologizing and actually, you know, kind of checking yourself, but what's the, when you work with women and you are supporting them in relationship, what's the thing that you would say is, man, if everyone, if every woman could do this, their relationships would, would improve, you know, at least a percentage. Tell the truth. And mm -hmm. ask for what they need. Yeah. I love that asking for, I was just having a conversation today about asking for what you need. And it was about some the per, the person I was talking to was like, yeah, sometimes though, when I do that, I feel like that's complaining. We were talking about the difference mm -hmm. between complaining and getting your needs met. Yeah. And how complaining usually doesn't solve anything. It's just annoying right. to everyone. Um, and actually asking for what you need is, is usually pretty simple and easy. And usually you can get your needs met. Um, I love that you put that in. Yeah. Asking like, so in relationship, sharing what you need. Yeah. And not having expectations and not assuming, right? Like I remember a couple of years ago, Mirabelle was just a toddler. We were at the playground and it was right before mother's day. I think it was like the day before mother's day. And I was like, this woman was like, Oh, are you excited for mother's day? I'm like, I'm pumped. And she's like, Oh yeah. And I said, Oh yeah, I'm pumped. And she said, why are you so pumped? I said, I'm getting a good gift. And she's like, how do you know? I said, well, I sent my husband a list of about 10 things, all really good things. I said, pick one, two, maybe three. <laughs> Feel generous. Get creative. But boy, you better show up with a good gift. <laughs> because I'm like, shit, you know, like that's what I want. Might as well ask for it. I think that's, um, God, I always, I love that. So when we were growing up, um, you know, obviously when you're little, you're like wanting things all the time. But as we got older, um, my mom would straight up tell me and my brother, hey, this is what I want. Can you guys get me? She'd be like, I want a new toaster for the kitchen or I want a Cuisinart or I want, you know, whatever. And obviously she would tell my dad. And one of the things she would always say is like, I love that you and your brother always get me the things that I asked for. And your dad tries to get other things, but it's like, I told him what I wanted. And it, it was actually really cool. Like hearing you say it, I'm like, oh man, that's how I shop now. When I'm dating someone yeah. and I'm walking around, I'm thinking in my head, what are all the things 
they've been telling me, and this doesn't have to be for like Christmas or something, it could be anytime. Yeah. But what are all the things that people are, you're living your life with somebody and they're like, oh, I wish I had a, or I'd love to have this, or I'd love to go see this. And we like yeah. step over them, but it's kind of like they're giving us, they're giving us like the keys to the kingdom of their needs and their wants in the moment. And we just have to stop and actually go, oh, I'm going to remember that one. I'm going to, it's, and I think somebody said to me recently that, I was telling somebody how I, how I always ask for what I want for gifts. Yeah. And um, they're like, but doesn't it ruin the surprise? And I'm like, no, it's, it's, I don't know which, to your point of the 10 things I'm going to get. Yeah. There's still a surprise, but I actually, it's like I get the life or the things that I want because I know what I want and I ask for it. Yeah. I think it's cool. I mean, I think it's great always. I love gifts, so I'm not mad about any kind of gift. Um, and I think there's just such an opportunity for people to tell the truth and ask for what they want because they don't, they're just like, they don't say like, oh, that hurt my feelings or, oh, I loved that or, oh, we really need to spend more time with my family or less with yours or whatever the truth is. They're just trying to, you know, do relationship by mind reading, which is not recommended for success so when if somebody's look if somebody's working with you or me and we can like spend a lot of time with them to help them create the life they want it's not like a one conversation one hour and ta-da yeah (laughs) but in general what'd you say that's it good 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 work (laughs) yeah we're not i always joke like i'm not a genie we're not genies no Um, so but if we were looking at you know, somebody, somebody's listening to this and thinking, well, I am honest and, you know, my husband gets defensive or my wife gets defensive or, you know, um, whatever thing they could come up with that has them not want to be honest and kind. Yep. Mm-hmm. What would you, what's the kind of like short advice that you would give them or support that you would lend? Yeah, I think one of the um, the most powerful things one of the most powerful things that's ever been said to me about my righteousness or being right about other people or what I've tried or what I've done is you can be right or you can be in relationship, but not both. So I think that's what I'd say. Like, look, I got it. You know, I like, I really try to normalize stuff for people because, you know, I don't want to be one more person who doesn't, who AKA doesn't listen or isn't on their side, I'm a hundred percent on their side. So sometimes I'll just normalize it and be like, look, I get it. And if we were out at a bar, I'd trash him, (laughs) but we're not, you're paying me to make a difference for you. So are you willing to look at your side of the street? Because it's really the only way that we can get out of this. And normally they say yes, but people got to feel loved and, seen and respected and like you're not one more person who you know I have people who are responsible for a lot of stuff a lot big things businesses careers you know wives of pro athletes and stuff and they're holding a lot you know when I find the the wives they're they're kind of you know running the universe behind the scenes making it all work you know and to ask them to be responsible or businesses or whatever it is for one more thing. 
it's a tall order, you know? So that's why it's so important, the relationship between me and my peeps, because if, if we don't have it a hundred percent, then it, it doesn't work, yeah. you know? So that's I'm great. pretty straightforward with people about like, Hey, you're not always going to like it, but tell me when you don't like, let's, you know, like let's practice here. God, I needed to hear that so bad just now for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need to go take some ownership of a conversation that I had recently. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and I think like, you know, with a client and like, go take a look and just, hey, you know, I think that that's the thing that was missing. Like I'm, I'm such a stand for them to create the thing that they want, yeah. which is their life and to not be a victim that I think I'm, that I think I'm stepping over really letting them be heard, mm. you know? Yeah. But yeah. That's and great. it's, it's the both and right of the humanity and, you know, it's cool because when I look at, it's so funny because, you know, I work with a lot of new coaches like you do um, because of the work that we do. And they'll be like, ah, oh, my clients aren't getting results. Ah, they, I means I suck as a coach. I'm like, what, is that how you measure if you're good? That's not how I measure. You know, I measure. How do you, wait, how do you measure? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I measure by how authentic I am with them and how deep is mm. the relationship. How much do I love them? This is how I know if it's successful. Mm. How much trust there is. If I could say anything and they could hear it. Like, that's how I know. Not by if they're producing results. Yeah. Who cares? That's second. That will always, ha- I mean, I just, the people that hire me are so high performing. It's not even about that. That's not what they're there for really. That's great. That's, I think that's really common. I mean, I do that. You know, I think I actually just had somebody share with me. I was thinking about a client that I was, I felt, I felt stuck with, like I, mm-hmm. they weren't were then, and they were expressing feeling stuck and I felt stuck with them. And I started to put it on me like, Oh, I'm not, I'm a, I'm not doing a good job. Oh, hell no. And, um, somebody actually shared with me, they were like, Hey, you have a lot of mentors that are very successful. And I was like, I do. And they, and they were like, and you know, a lot of people who are, that work with those mentors, you know, and how many of them get stuck? And I was like, Oh, a lot. I'm one of them. I work with an amazing coach and I get stuck. And I was like, does that mean there's that? And I went, Oh no, it's kind of just the process. Yeah. The experience we're in the process. And it's, it's so crazy how our minds can take something and just make it something completely different and then like wrap it in a tight little ball. So you can't penetrate it. And then all you are is that crazy idea that you just made up. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's, um, you know, it's funny. I always think of that MOPA from weekend four, expect and welcome breakdowns. You know, that we have a saying in coaching, expect and welcome breakdowns, right? And intellectually, it sounds great. Everybody like, woo, yeah, I love breakdowns. And it's such bullshit. Nobody does. They only want the good <laughs> stuff on the other side. But that's like yeah. the opportunity to expand as a coach is like, oh, yeah, this is actually part of it. And if you're going to have a relationship with someone over time, there's going to be awesome days and shitty days. And that ain't got nothing to do with you because there were awesome days and shitty days before you. And they're going to be awesome and shitty days after you, you know? So it's not, I don't know. There are certain, I feel like I've been touched in certain ways where 
like really gotten some things about coaching that I, I just trust it so much. The process itself that it takes a lot for me to get to think it's me or like, I know what I'm, you know what I mean? I trust myself and I trust the process and I trust my peeps. So I'm about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I got other so problems though. <laughs> Just you, not that one. Well, that's, I, now I want to ask you like, what's the biggest problem that you have and how are you, biggest what are you doing to, as a coach? You know, right. No, as a human being. As a human being, what's the, what's the biggest challenge in your life currently and what are you doing to get on the other side of it or just be with it maybe? Oh, my God. That's a great question. Um, well, we are moving. We are moving into my dream house in about a week and a half, so a few days after Christmas. <laughs> after we travel a week for Christmas. So that's, thank you. That's kind of taken up a lot, right? But I think part of what I'm challenged by right now is knowing, is this some automatic, you know, like trying not to do too much. I get excited and there's so many things that I want to do that I'm like, yes, 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 let's go again. You know, I'm, I'm like the opposite of someone who says no to everything. I say yes. So really being thoughtful and intentional about what I want my life and my business to look like because I have, um, because of my network here, because of some press and stuff I've gotten, I have a, a very, clients come like that a lot. So instead of me trying to fit into what someone might need and just trying to be everything to everyone, just getting more and more clear and staying in my lane. So being, having your focus, being just really clearly focused on what you want. Yeah. And not, not all the kind of superfluous things. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. All right. Let's, um, well, actually, really quick, before I hit you with some quick rapid fires, I'm curious about you. One of the things that I actually didn't know this about you until when we talked before, but you trained coaches for the UN. Oh, yeah. And that's pretty unique, right? Everybody that's listening to this knows what the UN is, but yet everybody doesn't even know what coaching is possible. <laughs> right. So what was, the, what was the best takeaway that you got from that experience? Oh, my gosh. Just... Um, it was really working with the team that went in was very elite and high performing. So there was no drama. So it was really unbelievable to see what it was like where there was, it was literally like we had, and we had created it that way on purpose. It was one of the requirements to be on the team, no drama. Like you've got to have your scandal handled, like show up, be responsible, be professional, be ready to work. You know, it was not like a place to go and like, oh, well, I don't feel like it today. No, you're out, like get out. No, you know what I mean? It was just, there was a reverence to it in a respect. So that was really, really cool. Um, yeah, and just being with people. One of the women that I was coaching at the time, she was the head of the fight against AIDS in the world. 
you know, just that. So mm-hmm. just being able to, you know, impact these people and see they had such a commitment and drive and it was beautiful. It was just amazing to be with people working at that level. Awesome. So, all right. If you short, simple rapid fires, if you could coach any woman anywhere, who would it be? Any woman anywhere. Michelle Obama. Awesome. Uh, If what's the dream for luscious mother? The big, like the big kahuna is to be going into women owned women run companies all over the country and having employers pay like goop and the honest company that have a big commitment towards women and getting in and yeah. Uh, we said it, you had, we had talked about this before, but like the difference between someone who's successful or creates the life they want and someone who isn't is one's willing to be an animal about it. Mm-hmm. So if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Oh, I would be a tiger fox. A tiger fox? Is that a separate from fox. the tiger? There's a separate animal? It, there is now. It's a hybrid. <laughs> nice. it's, um, the, it's the ferocity of a tiger with the cunning of a fox. Nice. Uh, and then do you, have a, do you have a goal that you're working on that's like, Maybe it's Luscious Mother. I mean, you said the Luscious Mother one, but I'm thinking like for your life that is, it's kind of like the thing you'd want them to say at your funeral. Oh like my what's God. the thing that, that your, you know, your daughter would get to say about you at your funeral that would just be, that would have it all be complete? Oh my God. If my daughter would say at my funeral, she was kind and generous and helped every person that she could. That would be good. Mm-hmm. What a good question. Ah, um, how do people track you down if they want to talk to you? Oh my God. They go to Instagram at luscious mother, but All right. make sure you know how to spell luscious. Most people oh. don't or go to the website, lusciousmother.com. All right. I'll put it in the show notes. Sarah, thank you so much. Thanks for your fun. Thanks for your play. Um, thanks for your voices. Um, <laughs> But thanks for your realness. It's like one of, ever since I met you, it's the, one of the things that I admire most about you because I think it's not that I want to be like you, but I do, I think you and I connect on like we're rebels and we want to do things our way in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I've always admired about you is you found a way to bring like your whole heart, all your power, your spirit, but then also your spunk and your rebelness and your fire and kind of put it all in a little ball so that it's actually digestible and you can be with it. And it like comes from love at the end love and kindness. Um, thanks for bringing that here and sharing it with everybody. Oh, you are such an angel. Love you so much. Thank you. It's been so much fun to be with you. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're a bunny. Okay. I'm going to go see my new house. I got to go. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. Please subscribe to the Dream Mason podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with a friend and give us a review on iTunes. I am grateful to have had you here. If you want more, you can follow or reach out to me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at inspirationalalex or at thedreammason.com or email me at alex 
at thedreammason.com. And remember, you are a Dream Mason because your dreams don't build themselves. Just come stick by me, so. Just stick by me.